Well, good evening. Thank you all for joining us here tonight. Uh, before I came up and preached this message, I went to the restroom and I looked in the mirror and I noticed that my hair was just unbearably long, really shaggy. It was crazy looking. And uh, man, I'm ready for things to get opened back up. And at least my barber has to open up. I was uh, desperate times calling for desperate measures. Now, just about going to ask Caitlin to cut my hair, but uh, I like my ears too much, and I decided that I'd rather go shaggy for a couple more weeks, and uh, hopefully things will get open back up again. But if you got your Bibles, could you please turn them to John chapter 20? John chapter 20. The title of my message here tonight is Dealing with Doubt. Dealing with Doubt. You know, doubt in a Christian's life can sometimes be a lonely thing. Uh, many of us out here, we kind of think that you know, when we doubt in our Christian life, we like to think of, you know, oh, this is only something that only I'm struggling with. I should probably kind of keep it to myself, and, and maybe hopefully it'll go away someday. But you know what? Really, doubts in a Christian's life is probably more common than you do actually think. Um, a research company by the name of Barna, they're well known for doing a lot of uh, Christian surveys, and they surveyed a bunch of Christians one time and talked about doubt that Christians face. In their life. And according to their study, about two thirds of all Christians will face some form of doubt in their life, some form of doubt with, you know, believing in God or, or what they exactly believe about the Bible. So, really, doubt in a Christian's life is actually very common. Two out of three Christians will face doubt at least some point in their life. And I hopefully want to tackle that and understand where doubt comes from and how. We can handle doubt according to the Bible. So first of all, tonight, we're going to be talking about how we can recognize the reality of doubt. Point number one, recognize the reality of doubt. You see, there's many well-known Bible characters that actually, it may surprise you, but they actually struggled with doubt. Obviously, first and foremost, the first one that many of you are probably thinking of right now is Doubting Thomas. I mean, the disciple that we call Doubting Thomas. Thomas. I mean, his, his nickname, that's what we give him. We sing songs as a kid talking about doubting Thomas and how he doubted that Jesus Christ actually was risen from the dead. That's where we find in John chapter 20 and verses 24 through 28. It says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again with his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. And behold my hands, and reach hither thine hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. You see, Thomas had doubts that Jesus had really risen from the dead. Obviously, last week we celebrated Easter, where Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and three days later he rose from the dead. Now all these disciples, they were actually able to see Jesus after he was risen from the dead. All the disciples were able to see him, but for some reason Thomas wasn't there. 
And all the disciples wanted to Thomas to say, hey, we saw Jesus Christ. He's came. He's alive. He lives. And for whatever reason, Thomas wasn't there with them. And he said, no, I, I don't believe you guys. There's no way he's not alive. I think it's just all a hoax. He's not alive. Nobody can raise from the dead. But in reality, Jesus told all of his disciples, he told Thomas himself that, hey, you know what? Three days and I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to come back from the dead. And for whatever reason, Thomas didn't believe him. He had seen all the miracles that Jesus had done, but yet he still didn't believe. And then Jesus actually came to Thomas and showed himself to him. And all of a sudden, Thomas believed. But you know, he didn't believe until he actually saw Jesus. You see, Thomas, the disciple, a man that was about closest to God as you can get, he literally walked with Jesus Christ his whole earthly ministry. He had some doubts. Another man that I can think of and his wife that had some doubts was Abraham. Abraham was also a well-known character that was known for his faith. But even he doubted God every once in a while. You see, Abraham was told that he was to be a father of many nations, and he said that he was going to bear a son. And he was going to have a son, but the only problem was Sarah was a hundred, Abraham was a hundred years old. The Bible says in Genesis 17, 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? You see, Abraham knew that him as a hundred-year-old man, there is no way physically possible that he could have a son. And he said, there's no way my wife, Sarah, there's no way that she can have a son at the age of 90 years old. Obviously, physically, it was impossible. There was no way that Abraham and Sarah were going to be able to have a son. But yet, their disbelief, they didn't believe in Christ. They had some doubt that what Jesus could do. They didn't think that he could do the impossible but you know what? God showed him that he was God of the impossible. And they, they bore a son when there was 100 years old, Abraham, and Sarah when she was 90 years old. You see, Abraham, even Abraham, a great man of faith, he had some doubts in his life. Another man that I could think of that definitely had some doubts was a man that was even named by Jesus Christ himself, the greatest man to be born of a woman. And that's John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. You see, Jesus Christ himself said, Hey, John the Baptist, this is the greatest man that was ever to be born of a woman. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 3, it says, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? You see, even John the Baptist had some doubts if Jesus Christ was really the Messiah. See, John the Baptist had been thrown in jail by Herod. And it was in that jail cell where John the Baptist started to have some doubts. They actually had some men go and ask Jesus Christ himself to his face, hey, are you really the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been searching for? Should we look for somebody else? Are you really Jesus like you say you are? You see, even though God called John the Baptist the, one of the greatest men who has ever lived, even he had some doubts. There's many more men. Another man that I can think of is Gideon. We also have Moses and David. All of these great men, all these great women that we find in the Bible, 
No matter how strong it seemed like their faith was in their life, there was at least one point in their life where they had some doubts. You see, you may be listening today and you say, you know, I have some doubts. I have some doubts about my faith, whether Jesus Christ really is the son of God, or maybe, you know, what God, I have some doubts with what God can do with me and in my life. Well, let me tell you today, you're not the only one. Hey, all these men, all these great men, all these great women in the Bible, they have all struggled with doubts at least one point in their life. First of all, we recognize that, hey, we all struggle with some doubts every once in a while in our life. Point number two, I want us to recognize the reason for doubt. Recognize the reason for doubt. Now, there are many reasons why Christians or how Christians come to a point of doubting, having disbelief in their faith that they have in God. One of these ways is they have unfavorable circumstances. Sometimes their circumstances aren't quite like what they feel like they should be. You know, when John the Baptist began to doubt, he was obviously in a bad place. He was in jail. He was thrown into prison. And that's when he began to doubt, when he was in that prison cell. Obviously, that wasn't the best circumstances. That wasn't the best situation that he could have been in. And that's when he started to have some doubts. You know, when he was walking with Jesus, when Jesus was alive here on this earth, when he was, he was going about the earth and his earthly ministry, you know what? John the Baptist, he didn't have any doubts then when Jesus Christ was there, but it was when he was in jail, when his circumstances weren't exactly like he thought they should be, that's when he began to doubt. You see, that's many times when we struggle with our faith. It's through those storms in life, when things aren't going well. Obviously now, the way that the world has been lately with the virus going around. Obviously, this isn't what we'd expected the Lord to bring upon us. We didn't expect this to happen. It's not what we would feel like. This is not a favorable circumstance. This is not something that we think would happen, but yet usually in this time is when people kind of begin to doubt who God is and what his plan is for their life. And they begin to doubt God. You see, one of the reasons for our doubting God most of the time happens because of unfavorable circumstances. Another thing that happens in our life is when we begin to doubt God is usually when we fail to see him work in those circumstances. Obviously, God works in mysterious ways, and sometimes he allows things to happen in our life that we wouldn't think should happen the way that they do. But you know what? God isn't some bellhop. He's not there just to jump to our, whenever we pray to him, he's not just there to answer our prayers exactly like we want him to. You know, he's going to answer them according to his will. He doesn't answer them according to our will. Sure, obviously it would be great if he would, but he doesn't always work that way. Well, God works in mysterious ways. He, he knows what's best for us, even though sometimes we feel like I know what's best for myself. Why isn't this circumstance going the way that I would like it to? But you know what? God's going to answer according to his perfect will. Most of the time it's our circumstances that is when we begin to doubt God. Another thing that sometimes happens to us, and one reason why we begin to doubt God and his love for us is because of our friends or certain acquaintances that we have in our life. Uh, one, one thing I can think of is one illustration is there's these two uh, YouTubers. Uh, for you old folks, YouTubers is like a movie star back in the day. I think of like, uh, you guys would know John Wayne, obviously, the great John Wayne. We also got Jimmy Stewart. And then you have my 
personal favorite trio. You got uh, the Three Stooges. Those are my favorite. You got all those actors, and these are what YouTubers are. I'm going to kind of explain to you older people. Okay, so YouTubers are kind of like movie stars. And so there's these YouTubers. They were born in North Carolina. They're in the Bible Belt. And they really believed, they believed exactly like you and I believe. They believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They believed that he rose again on the third day and that all they have to do is simply put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and they can be saved. They believed exactly like we believe. And even when they went to college, they went to a public college, but they actually joined a, a group of Christians called the Crusaders for Christ They're on that campus. And what they would do is they'd go around, they would set up meetings. He would be a, a Bible study leader. And so they would have those Bible studies and he, was, he would lead those Bible studies. And then all of a sudden, their career kind of took off on YouTube. They kind of became a big actors. And all of a sudden, they decided to make the move to California. And as they made that move to California, they started to begin down a path of doubt. They kind of doubted who God was. And so they talk about this in their one video that they made. They talked about how, you know what, when we moved to, when we were in, in North Carolina, it was easy to believe in God. It was easy to believe. I mean, we were in the Bible Belt. That's what we were supposed to believe. And all of a sudden they moved to California. And they said, you know what, we kind of conformed to, they even called it in their video, California Christianity. That's what they called it. You see, when they moved to California, they kind of took on what their group around them was. Their California Christianity, as they called it. They started to hang out with more liberal churches and, and they hung out with, uh, they, they went to churches that didn't believe exactly. Obviously, they, they hung out with churches that didn't believe that homosexuality was a sin. They hung around with churches that didn't hold fast to the word of God and they were kind of just, just flip-flopping back and forth. You know what? They let their doubts totally take over them. Their doubts in who God was and how he's supposed to act according to them, that they completely left the faith. And they said they are no longer Christian. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You know what? They let their friends, they let their acquaintances totally shift and shape what they believe. They didn't let the word of God shape what they believe, but they let people around them shape and make them have doubts in their life of who God was and what their plan, his plan was for their life. Another big one, another reason why we begin to doubt God is because of unconfessed sin. It's probably one of the biggest ones. The biggest reason why I believe we begin to doubt, doubt God is because of unconfessed sins. See, when we have sin in our life, many times it puts spiritual blinders on us. You know, we start to kind of put God into our own little bubble. Okay, God should be this way. Or we get scared of his judgment, so we start to doubt God, hopefully that the, the fear of, of judgment is just going to go away because of our sin. But you know what? It doesn't. And because of unconfessed sin many times, that's the time of life when people start to begin to get away from their faith. Another reason why people begin to doubt God is simply just because of ignorance. You see, many people are just ignorant of really who God is and what he wants for them. Many people ignore uh, going into the word of God. And as I've said before, they, they conform God to an image that they want him to be. Yet God never changes. He shows us who he is in his word. He shows us 
who he is and, and his plans. He lays it out in the Bible for our life. And yet many people try to shape, shape God into who they want him to be. People are just ignorant of really who God is because they neglect reading his word. Another thing that I see is uh, point number three, we need to recognize the results of doubt. Point number three, recognize the results of doubt. So we see that all of us in here, or most of us that are in here are watching by, by the TV or radio or however you're listening to us today, we understand that, you know, all of us, or mostly all of us are going to face some type of spiritual doubt in our life. We also see the ways that we start to begin to go down the path of doubt. Third, let's take a look at how we can recognize the results of doubt. Well, first of all, I see one of the results of doubt is we have a loss of joy. First John chapter 1 and verse 4 says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. You see, look, a life that is filled with doubt is filled with turmoil and just fear. That's what a life that is filled with doubt is going to be like. It's going to be filled with fear. But you know what? God didn't make our life to just be a drudgery. He didn't make it just to be sad and just mopey all the time. No, he made our life to be a life that is full and filled with joy. But you know what? If you had doubts in our life, that just steals our joy right away. You see, one of the results of doubt is going to be a loss of joy. Another result of doubt will be a lack of effectiveness. A lack of effectiveness. You see, doubt will cause us to never fully commit to God's call for our life. It will cause us to never fully commit to his will for our lives and what he has for us to do here while we're on this earth. You see, our Christian walk is to be one of faith. And really, if we have any sort of doubt in our life, we're never going uh, to serve God to our fullest extent. We're never going to be all in for Jesus Christ in our life. We're going to kind of hold back. And uh, we're going to neglect the blessings that he has for our life, which is our next point. We're talking about we have a loss of blessings. First of all, we have a loss of joy. We're going to have a loss of effective and a lack of effectiveness. And then we're going to have a loss of blessings. See, we're going to lose all those blessings that Jesus Christ has for our lives because we deny who he is and really don't serve God to the fullest extent. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, look, if we neglect God, we're going to have a loss of joy. We're not going to have, we're not going to be able to serve God to our fullest extent. So fourth and finally, the final point that I have here tonight is we need to recognize the remedy for doubt. Okay, so we understand that we all have this doubt. We all understand where this doubt comes from. We understand all those things, but how exactly are we going to take care of this doubt that we have in our life? How, what's, the, what's the remedy? What's, what's the cure for doubt in our life? Well, here's what it is. First of all, if we're going to have, if we're going to take that doubt and take care of that doubt that we have in our spiritual life, first off, we're going to have to simply under, we're going to have to admit that we have doubt in our life. 
But I have to simply admit, you know what? I have this doubt in my life, and then you could take care of it. If you admit that you don't have it, you won't be able to take care of that doubt. You see, your doubts aren't just going to disappear just because you deny them or just because you put them on the back burner and say, you know, I, I don't need to worry about this. It kind of reminds me of, of when I used to play hide-and-go-seek as a kid. Obviously, a kid's got to, they, they think a little bit differently than we adults do, and, and it's great. So when, me as a kid, when I used to play hide-and-go-seek, I used to usually hide in a pretty obvious spot. But my secret to hide-and-go-seek, for those of you kids that are out there watching, I have a secret for you for hide-and-go-seek. So if you want to be really good at hide-and-go-seek, all you have to do as a kid is close your eyes and say like I did, you know, you can't see me if I can't see you. You can't see me if I can't see you. You see, that's what I thought when I was a kid. I figured, oh, there's no way I'd be in broad daylight. And I'd be like, you know what? They can't see me because I can't see them. That's what I thought. And you know what? That obviously didn't work out too well. My sister would be like, I, I, I found you. You're, you're like two feet away from me. Like, how did you not think I was going to find you? You see, just because I covered up my eyes and acted like I, just because I couldn't see them doesn't mean that they weren't there. You see, that's the same as that thing with our doubts. The only way we're going to be able to take care of that doubt is admit that it's there. And then we can take care of it. And then we can move on to the second way in which we can have a victory over this doubt in our life. And that is simply to confess your sins. Confess your sins if you're going to take care of doubt in your life. This is really the most important step to do when one's going through a season of trouble in their life. When one's going through a season of doubt in their life, you have to simply confess your sins. As you see, personal sin, it's really a faith drainer. It's just going to drain all the faith out of you if you have sin in your life. And really, disobedience to God is going to take a significant toll on your faith life. See, you must confess your sin if you're going to have victory over that doubt in your life. We're also going to have to read and study our Bible. Read and study your Bible. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, many questions that we have about God and what he has for us is simply just found in his word. You see, God's not just trying to hide himself from us. God's not saying, you know what, come... Come and find me. I'm going to hide in the, the, the most difficult spot for you to find me. No, that's not, who, that's not who God is. God shows himself to us in his word. That's how God is going to show himself to us. I know many of us, and even, my, even myself, I would love it if God would just come into this room and I could see him physically. But that's not how God's going to show himself to us. The way that God shows himself to us is through his word. That's how he's going to show himself to us. It's going to be through his word, the Holy Bible. That's where you're going to find God. He's right there in his word. He's waiting to be found. But you must search him out. You must go after him. You must find him. Another way that we can take care of this doubt is we need to pray. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, 
and it shall be given him. See, we can simply ask for God. Pray to God. See, let, let's, let's bring these two together. Why don't we, before we get into our Bible, before we study God's word, why don't we sit there and we, we pray? We say a little prayer. You know what? God, show yourself to me in your word here today. Couple those two together. Have both of those be joined together. Read your Bible, pray, study at the same time. Get both of those together. That's one way that we can defeat this doubt that we have in our life. And simply, if you do all these things, if you recognize that you have this doubt, if you confess your sins, if you read, study your Bible, if you pray, and you, and you still have some troubles, what sometimes still happens, like 99% of the problems will be able to be taken care of just right there, confessing your sin, reading your Bible, praying. But you know what? Sometimes we have some doubts that it still don't go away after all that. And you know what? You can simply reach out and ask for help. Hey, the pastoral staff, we're here to help you. Ask Pastor Lytel. Ask anyone on the pastoral staff. We'd love to help you and show you and guide you. No, we're not perfect, but we love to help guide you and show you uh, the ways that, that we can go and the ways that we need to go and so we can take care of that doubt that we have in our life. See, and most importantly, maybe you're listening here tonight and you really might be saying, you know, I, I kind of have doubts if Jesus Christ is really real. I have doubts that I can really accept Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. Well, I want to just tell you tonight that you can. You know what? Believing in Jesus Christ is simply, as it says in Acts 16, verse 31, it just says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. See, accepting Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, simply just believing on him, and you can accept him as your personal Savior. You can get rid of all those doubts in your life by simply believing and receiving him as your personal savior. How about us here tonight? There's really two types of doubters. There's two outcomes that you're going to have when you doubt in your life spiritually. There's those who have some doubts about who God is, what his will is for their life, and they're just going to walk away from God. Just the, the, the first thing they have doubts on, they're just going to walk away completely. You know what? They're never going to find those answers, those answers that God wants to give them. But you know what? There's going to be people out there who have an honest doubt. They want to know the truth. They're going to search out that truth. They're going to find it in God's word. They're going to find it through these remedies. They're going to really, they're really going to understand that, hey, I do have some doubts. They're going to understand that they do have those doubts. They're going to confess their sins. They're going to read their Bible. They're going to pray. They're going to seek, search out God's face. And you know what? Those kind of doubters who have an honest doubt, that search for God diligently, you know what? They're going to find the answers. I'm confident that they're going to find the answers in God's word through reading their Bible, through praying, through asking someone for help, to help guide them. You know what? They're going to find those answers. And as this Barna study says that, you know what? There's 54% of people who have doubts in their life. They come out the other end. They come out stronger. And that's what an honest doubt is going to do. You know, if you have an honest doubt, you search God. You try to find him. You know, he's there to be found. And you're going to come out of that stage of life, that stage of doubt in your life. You're going to come out the other end stronger than ever before. So how about you? Do you have some doubts? Search the Lord. He's there to be found. Let's pray. Hey, Lord, thank you for... Give me the words here today. I pray that they would just take this message and take it and apply it to their lives. I pray if there's anyone that's listening that they do have some doubts in their life. 
I pray that they would just understand, obviously, like I said tonight, they would first of all admit that they have some doubts. And as they admit that, that they would take these remedies that I have given, that they would search your face, they would read your Bible, study it, pray, confess their sins. And I pray that you would just show yourself to them here tonight, Lord. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.